Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is October the 18th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me today, it was pretty good. Uh, work had a moment of, uh, it, was, it was a little hectic, if you will. But um, overall, we got through it. I'm going to try not to, you know, complain where I don't need to. You know what I mean? Uh, but let's see here. Uh, overall, we're doing good. We're feeling fine. Uh, there's really nothing to really report, though. Food has been fooding. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, nothing personal has happened. Nothing cool. Nothing interesting. Just another ho-hum day at the warehouse. <laughs> Um, let's see here. You know what I like to do. I'm gonna do my little boot up and then, um, we will get into some news. Oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. From the Independent. Russia threatens U.S. with serious consequences after Ukraine fires first long-range ATA CMS missiles. Russia has hit out at the U.S. for its decision to send long-range missiles to Ukraine for the first time, claiming the move increases the risks of a direct conflict between NATO and Moscow. Vladimir Zelensky confirmed on Tuesday that the Ukrainian military used the U.S.-supplied ATA-CMS or Army Tactical Missile System for the first time this week and struck two Russian military airfields. Western backers of Ukraine have been reluctant to provide long-range munitions since Vladimir Putin launched his invasion in February last year, fearing that their use against targets within Russia would represent an escalation of the conflict. But Ukraine repeatedly argued that it needs long-range missiles and other more powerful equipment like fighter jets in order to defend itself against attacks launched from military facilities deep inside Russia. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, From... Antoly Antonov, uh, Russia's ambassador to America. The consequences of this step, which was deliberately hidden from the public, will be of the most serious nature, uh, Antonov said on Telegram. Washington is consistently pursuing a policy of completely curtailing bilateral relations. The United States continues to push for a direct conflict between NATO and Russia. Now, um... I know this was something that, like, Biden, you know, the administration was, like, really, like, they were hesitant about. They didn't know if they they should actually commit to this because, like, oh, if we give them this technology, they use it. Is this going to escalate the war for, like, further? Um, And, you know, potentially Russia's going to lash out in some crazy way. But I guess given how things are going, you know, um, they, they they gave them the green light. They sent them to them. And, you know, apparently they were effective. I know I was listening. I think it was, like, Start Here. where They were like, yeah. Like, the, the guy was saying, like, oh, some people are even saying that, like, 
maybe if they had gotten them sooner, this would have made a, a bigger impact on the the counter for the counteroffensive. I kind of disagree with that narrative. I know I don't have any fucking military experience. I just read Art of War once, um, but uh, I don't know. I do think this is a, it seems really effective tool, but I also understand that it does come with a very heavy weight. And like, if you were using this to actually launch into you know Moscow or something like that, that is major. But um, I think yeah, they just hit military bases like Russian air bases or something like that. Um, it did do some damage. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how, you know, what comes of this in the future, um, in terms of like reprisals from Russia and what they're going to do and just how effective, you know, uh, missiles, tools like this are going to be in the future. I know, you know, we've talked about, you know, I haven't heard too much, you know, about the effectiveness of the fighter jets as of yet. Um, I know we talked about the tanks and some of the issues with them. Um, so that's been kind of hit and miss, no pun intended. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and segue. I feel like I we call that coverage. There you go. Um, so, you know, we went from the Russian front, you know, Ukraine. Uh, we got to talk about Israel-Palestine uh, from the Associated Press. Israel will let Egypt deliver some aid to Gaza as doctors struggle to treat hospital blast victims. Israel said Wednesday that it will allow Egypt to deliver limited quantities of humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip, the first crack in a punishing 10-day siege on the territory came one day after a deadly blast at excuse me at a Gaza City hospital killed hundreds and put an immense strain on Gaza doctors, treating many wounded as medical supplies ran out. The announcement to allow water, food, and other supplies came as rage over Tuesday's night's blast at the Ahal Ooh, at the Ali at the on, I'm pronouncing mispronouncing everything. My bad. At the Ahali Hospital, spread across the Middle East, and as President Joe Biden visited visited israel in hopes of preventing a wider conflict in the region now we did touch on that yesterday and um i know i had said yeah biden's going to be coming to israel and he's probably going to you know talk to some other middle eastern um you know nations you know do some powwows with them but because of what happened at this hospital because of this bombing because of this airstrike I, I, you know, the verbiage has changed a lot in the 24 hours. Like there was the initial call of like, yes, Israel did the strike, but Israel has vehemently come out and said, no, we did not do this. They, they said that overnight. They have been trying to cite their sources. They, they even like drummed up some interview, uh, or not interview. I'm sorry. They like, they found this footage. Uh, they, they have it. And it's these two people talking. They say that they are these jihadists. They are part of this jihadist subsect and that they were claiming responsibility for it. Like, here's proof. And, you know, here's our, you know, our, you know, military leader saying, hey, uh, you know, we didn't have any operations going on here, but we saw that this jihadi group was doing something and they fired and it was a misfire into the hospital. They did it. Now, you know, that evidence is being refuted by other sources and other people. Uh, also, um, looking at the trajectory of the missile, the payload of the missile, people are just saying that the, that is not possible for this group to just have that. Like, even if they did fuck it up, that's just not possible. 
But at the end of the day, uh, it is going to go down to, you know, what narrative you're going to believe there. Um, so, but that's where we stand. I, I think that regardless of, you know, what you think or feel, you know, how you, how you land on it, Middle Eastern countries surrounding have responded in a way of saying like, no, this is Israel's fault. And like, we are not fucking with you, Biden. We are not fucking with Netanyahu. We are not talking with you right now. And, um... It was requested by the U.S. for this to happen. And I do feel like that is of note. You know, um, you know, Netanyahu doesn't say that on accident. It is important. And and it's also sad and upsetting to me because you should see here what is happening and go, oh, n no, like people are not eating. People are not, you know, th there's no electricity here. Like we should give them this stuff. But they're like, no, like at the end of the day, we do not even want for a second want to fund anything that might get to an Hamas soldier. We don't want that. We are we are so anti that that we are willing to let people starve and die. And, um, you know, another thing, too, I need to add to before we move along here. And I know I've riffed a lot, but obviously you can go to the Associated Press. You can read this fucking shit yourself. Um, this shit, they, were, they told this hospital, hey, you need to be aware. You need to evacuate. You need to go. That was given multiple times. So that's a weird, like, throw up to do that, right? And then be like, oh, yeah, and then this misfire happened. Like, we were not doing anything. And it's like, or maybe you were just bombing with reckless abandon. Or maybe this was planned. I do not want to put words and thoughts and actions into people's shit. Obviously not. But this shit is barbaric. It is. It, people throw that world around a lot. But, like, when you see this shit, like, this was supposed to be a place where people thought they were going to be safe. Where people were getting the, the, the limited help that they could get. And, um, yeah, now, you know, almost 500 people have been killed from this. So, you know, it, it is a very upsetting situation, but I guess you can say that this is a silver lining that people are hopefully going to get some aid. Um, you know, obviously I'm, you know, going to try to keep, you know, you posted on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was important news. It fell down the pipe before I went, went on. So I was like, yeah, let's go ahead and throw it up. Let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about some belt and some road. Um, from Reuters, leaders gather in China for smaller, greener Belt and Road Summit. Now, I personally want to preference this that like I'm reading this from like a Western media source. So like that just is what it is. It's the easiest way for me to do this shit. I'm on my own personal time constraints. I'm not going to do the real great work. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm doing my best I can on the budget that I'm given, but I appreciate it. And I love the work. That being said, um... I do feel like this is a bit biased against my own bias, maybe. I don't know. But um, they are very anti, you know, the the BNRI, you know, the Belt and Road Initiative. I personally think this is a great idea. And I, you know, love what they are, what China is attempting to do here. And I'm, you know, not to say that it's without pitfalls and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I just figured, hey, preference that. But let's go ahead and get into it. Um, when China launched its Belt and Road Initiative 10 years ago, it touted huge infrastructure spending linking it with Western Europe, which as recently as 2019, Britain's then finance minister said had tremendous potential to spread pros prosperity and sustainable development. 10 years on, the most senior EU leader expected to attend the third Belt and Road um, Initiative, uh, summit 
or Belt and Road Summit this week is Hungry's 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 uh, populist Victor Orban. Oh gosh, oh man, Victor Orban, what a guy! Um, who will join guests, uh, including Russia's Vladimir Putin and a minister of the Afghan Taliban. That's right. All the baddies are showing up. It's crazy. It's like the Legion of Doom in this motherfucker. And we're talking infrastructure. It's crazy. It's fucking wild. Uh, Western skepticism of the cornerstone of President Xi Jinping's ambition to extend China's global influence, influence stems from China's failure to assuage concern over its intentions and whether there is, in fact, a gap this infrastructure would be filling compounded by concern over lack of transparency, analysts say. Such Western doubts have coincided with Xi's assertive leadership and deterioration in ties over trade, human rights, COVID-19, and Taiwan. Italy, the only group of seven nation to sign on to the scheme, is now looking for a way out. Um, so yeah, um, you know, definitely, you know, you can look at some of these charts and things like that. Um, things were performing well around 2018, 2019, but then you do see a tremendous dip. Um, but I mean, granted, you look through all these years, it's like, yeah, the whole fucking world went through a whole fucking dip. Um, there's also talk of like, yeah, some people look at this and say, oh, well, this is like a big debt trap because a lot of what the Belt and Road Initiative is, is like saying, hey, you know, we're trying to make this infrastructure happen. And not only is it going to bridge the gap for us and you, it's also going to enrich your areas because it's providing some kind of infrastructure thing to you, either like literally like, you know, actual belts, you know, like actual trains and, you know, roads and things of that nature, but also just making actual, you know, money things happen for you and things of that nature like yes you're gonna have to pay us back but in overall it's gonna be good for the goose good for the gander everyone's gonna fucking win here um so obviously over time debt is not a good thing and that that's you know not great but i will say i think it's better than some of the situations where it's like oh we see that you're in a bad spot here you know a catastrophe happened Here's some money and like, you'll pay us back, right? Someday, sometime soon. And, you know, we'll work with you. And like, it's like, dude, we're at our worst moment here. And you're essentially just giving us a loan to bail us out. And then you wonder like, you know, decades on, it's like, oh, well now we're calling this a fail state. And it's like, yeah, because we just don't have the resources. And then like, when we were at our worst moments, you said, hey, here's a loan. We'll like bail you out. We'll help you out. Sure. So I don't know. I think things like this were at least advantageous. Obviously, economists around the world or whatever, people listen to this, like, this motherfucker doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. True. You got me. Guilty. Um, but overall, I do like like the strategy. I get that in a capitalist society, yeah, we're going to have to talk about debt. You're going to have to owe us some money. There's going to be some interest involved. Like, So I don't know if that's necessarily a trap. Uh, maybe that's debatable. I don't fucking know. Um, let's see here. Back to the article. I'm kind of floating between kind of grazing through some Wikipedia and then also Reuters. Uh, let's see here. So, you know, everyone's kind of schmoozing. Everyone's talking. I know Putin was kind of an aspect that was important too, because obviously Putin does not leave Russia. He doesn't leave the house very often, um, especially, you know, post-2019. And um, so him coming out, making the rounds, talking to people, that was big. Um, you know, there was, I think, a rework on the loans for Sri Lanka, in another country, 
uh, Sri Lanka and Zambia. Um, and that was another thing too. I like that, like some people were saying like, oh, it's exploitive that, you know, Africa was involved and things of that nature. Like, you know, a lot of just countries that weren't up, obviously a part of these like Western conglomerates. I think that's something that is potentially a cool thing. Like, hey, these countries are aligning and working together for better interests. I don't know. I think that there are things that you're going to pull from bricks that are good things too. You know, I don't know. Call me crazy, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of just talking circles a little bit here. Um, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> but I did think this was an important thing to talk about just because it, it, it's a summit of, you know, big people that don't normally come out. I know the Belt and Road Initiative is something that is very important, though mea culpa, I did not explain it very well. I'm sorry. I know, you know, amateur podcasting at its finest right now. But, um, you know, I, I do feel like it is important to talk about that. It's like, it's hard to find what I feel like is a non-biased description of what Belt and Road Initiative is. That's why I mentioned that Wikipedia was a source here, because like, I feel like you got to kind of see it on both sides here and then like see what people on the ground are saying because it is important because some people are saying oh this is like helpful this is useful in other countries you can go to italy and they're saying like no this isn't actually working for us like we kind of are having buyer's remorse here um so you know obviously that's all valid but um you know figured i'd bring it up for the podcast talk about it a little bit um all right now let's talk about something a little bit lighter but a hell of a lot spicier um let me go ahead and take my last break and then we'll wrap it up. Ooh, we. Okay, from the BBC News, Guinness World Records crowns new hottest pepper. <coughs> Excuse me. The Guinness World Records has crowned Pepper X as the hottest chili pepper in the world, dethroning the Carolina Reaper chili pepper after 10 years. For comparison, a habanero pepper typically hits 100,000 Schofield heat units, but Pepper X registers at 2.69, nice, million units. Breeder and grower Ed Curie created both record-breaking peppers, which I find incredible. The fact that this man literally made the, I think he made the Carolina Reaper, and yeah, he, he made that, and then decided to say, hey, you know, that was my like gift to the world in the way, you know, I made this, let like, I think he like shared the seeds or whatever, and people made their own variations, but he hit the lab again. And he's, I think he said it took him about 10 years to make this pepper. That's pepper I have that looks like a curled sphincter. Um, that, that little number. And he said, this thing is wicked. Uh, he said he felt heat for three hours that was then followed by intense cramps that left him like sprawled out on like the floor. So that's insane. I think there's also videos of this. Like you can check out YouTube. I think like the hot ones like Sean Evans or whatever uh, tasted it or what have you. But he hit the lab in a big way with this pepper. And he said he only like 
talked about it with like very close family, like very close people in his circle, kept a tight circle. He wasn't messing around, wasn't playing no games here. And um, yeah, apparently this thing is a monster. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I saw like memes about it at first and then I read the, you know, the actual news about it and I was like, this is incredible. I have to talk about it. Um, also, I love that, like, we're, we're bringing back X again, you know, and not, like, X, formerly known as Twitter, like, X, like, yeah, X is extreme, like, you know what, way to take it back, so, we salute you, Ed Keery, you're, you're dope, you're keeping it spicy, um, man, and I've been thinking about this, and let me know, please give me feedback, you know, holler in the little questionnaire, in the comments, whatever, like, do you ever eat something hot or think about something hot like and you get sweaty because for me that that is a constant thing like I look at this pepper and I start sweating I get internally hot and I like um just talking about Ed Curie's story he said like he was addicted to drugs and alcohol and like he got into making peppers growing peppers it became like a big thing for him and like I can kind of get that. Like, there's a certain kind of association, like, even with, like, psychedelics. And then I think about, like, spicy peppers. There's a certain kind of, like, lizard brain thing that stirs in me. I don't know if that's for you or not. Please give me feedback. Please tell me I'm not crazy, crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I totally fuck with this. Um, also, another fun fact about this. Um, typically, people think that the seeds are the reason for the heat. But it's actually, they say, the placenta. Uh, the curvatures of the inner pepper that really make it spicy and like that's why this thing looks so gnarly and weird because it's like curled up like it's like he literally like just like suppressed it like like man he just went anime on this pepper and I love it like my man broke bad on this pepper like this is his blue magic I love this for him he did it twice um so yeah hell yeah um that's the news for the day that's the episode um, if you'd like to support the effort, uh, it would mean a lot. Uh, let's see. Patreon.com says a news. I will dub the a newsy. I shout you out at the top of the month. And then I also plug a project thing you're doing. Let's see. Feedback for the freeway. news one at gmail.com. Also, I'm on all the socials. Feel free to find me there or the podcast there. I even got a Discord. That's still a thing. I know. No one joins, but it's there. It exists if you're willing to find it. AKA, ask me and I'll just give it to you. <laughs> just let you have, I'll invite you. Uh, let's see. But also, subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't. That helps out a lot. Thumbs up. Uh, please give me all the good stars, all of the stars, max them out. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's the episode. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully, I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye. Mwah.